The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit ConflictHealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about dating. And you know, we're sitting here on the campus at the University of California, Irvine, and people are dating. And you know, we're still in that sexual revolution, so people don't know when do they hook up, when do they not hook up, when when is it right to, you know, really commit, when is it wrong, all those good things. So I have been reading this book by Dr. Nancy Lee, and it's called Don't Sleep With Him Yet, A Badass Guide to Dating in 10 Empowering Steps. And it's really a great book with wonderful help. And let me tell you a little bit about Nancy Lee, because I think that'll even give more credibility to this book. Nancy Lee is a PhD in clinical psychology. She has her private practice in Beverly Hills, California, just north of us. And Dr. Lee is a leading practitioner of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a wonderful, wonderful therapy. And she specializes in a wide range of behavioral health issues, ranging from depression and anxiety to male-female psychosexual desire and functioning. And her warm approach is incisive and practical. She gives practical ideas and insights. And she has a a unique blend of clinical academic uh, approach with relationship expertise herself. In fact, she did such a great job that in in 2015, she earned the 2015 Vitals Patients Choice Award. And she especially enjoys leading student discussion forums covering a broad scope of psychoanalytical issues such as hookup culture, dating violence, and high-risk drinking, among others, at local colleges and universities, including UCLA. We should get her down here at UCI. And so we have a lot of questions that people ask. But before I do that, I want to just say thank you so much for joining us, Nancy. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Can't wait to start the conversation. Right. So why is it that you wrote this book and the name that you gave this book? And they're tied, those two questions are tied together, and you didn't even know that. So being a clinical psychologist, I noticed a few years ago, I had so many women coming into my office, and they'd be describing this wonderful, perfect relationship, and it was intense, 
really quickly. So um, the, the women would be sleeping with these with their partners pretty fast, and they'd be already talking about, God, I want to marry this guy, or this is it, oh, God, I found Mr. Right. Within a couple weeks, sometimes it was a couple months, but usually a couple weeks, the women would come in blindsided. Oh, my gosh, I'm devastated. He broke up with me. I just got a text. Oh, guess what? I'm not really ready for a relationship after all, or um, too much going on for a relationship. So the more of these, more women I saw, I found myself, you know, new women coming in, don't sleep with him yet. Don't sleep with him yet. <laughs> don't, sleep, don't sleep with him wait, yet. Wait. I, just, I, I found myself like a broken record. <laughs> By the, right? And then on the, other, on the other side of things, I also see a lot of young women who um, actually even from high school on, but particularly college age, maybe recent college graduates, and they would be talking about, I, oh, gosh, I went to a party. This guy was so cute. We hooked up. And that doesn't even necessarily, by the way, hooking up, just to get our d- definition straight, doesn't necessarily even mean like sleeping with somebody. It just can mean any intense sexual um, any intense sexual act from French kissing on up. So yeah, they'd yeah. be coming in, gosh, we, I, I hooked up. He's so cute. But, you know, I don't, I don't really care about this guy. Uh-uh. No, you do care. Next week, they would be coming in and basically describe it. Look, I, I mean, I had some women who would sit there and look at actually their phones during the session. Oh, no. He hasn't texted me. <laughs> he hasn't texted me. So, again, I, I found myself same kind of thing. No matter the age of, a women, of women, I would find myself, hey, you know, Nina, don't sleep with him yet. Hey, Kathy, when, they, when these, you know, different <laughs> women came. So, hence. I, I actually thought to myself, you know something, I should write a book. So <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. Right. I mean, you, you know that this is something that is happening so much that you have to answer that question about what should I do? Should I sleep with him? Should I not sleep with him? Right. And, and another thing, Mari, that I found is that when, when even though I'm laughing about this, when, when I really got into the core of the therapeutic sessions with a lot of the women, they would describe, and again, this is even the women who were like, oh my God, I met this guy and he's fantastic. They really weren't necessarily ready to sleep with him right away. But they, yeah, they felt this pressure um, and not necessarily always from the guy, by the way, but from the culture. Remember, I'm talking about maybe the past five to 10 years or so where, gosh, if I don't, sleep with him, he's going to dump me. Um, yeah. Or if there's, you know, he's going to get angry if, if I don't sleep with him yet. So it was really, the, what, what was troubling me was so many women were sleeping with guys not really out of authentic desire, yeah. like they weren't ready yet, but out of obligation. Uh, and that, that became very problematic. Yes, yes. You know, I grew up in the as a baby baby boomer. So mm-hmm. my generation, yeah, my generation started using birth control and there was this kind of like sexual revolution and mm-hmm. you know and it it was, you know, but I was still kind of old school goody two shoes, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and not sleep with anyone till uh the man I was going to marry. It was just that kind of thing and but mm-hmm. I know it's mm-hmm. different now, but we're also getting this 
backlash of, you know, um, Clarence Thomas, one of our, you know, Supreme Court justices say that it was bad that we got birth control. And of course, you know, talking bad about abortion and, you know, kind of like this backlash. And then we've got this Me Too movement. It's a real crazy time to have a relationship and especially a sexual relationship, don't you think? I think that it can be really confusing for women because of, excellent point, all the mixed messages that are out there. But one thing, and I, I, I really want to make this message so clear to any, any and all women listening, is your own self-respect comes first and what you want and what is right for you. So talking about those extremes, being feeling obligated to have sex when you don't necessarily want it yet right. can be really just as oppressive as, oh, you can't have any sex. And right, right. You can't use birth control. Like both, both extremes really mess people up. What is so empowering and actually women, it, it isn't that difficult to really become aware that choice, it's your choice. It's nobody else's choice. If you want, look, if, you know, I also counsel a lot of women who maybe are recently divorced or for whatever reason, or, or sometimes they, they know themselves well enough that they can own that they just want to hook up for just because, right. or just for the excitement, or they're lonely, or they want that physical intimacy, then that's fine. But that's, they, they own it, and that's a choice. Right. There's also self-respect on that in terms of what guys you choose, but that's a, that's a whole other yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I think a really powerful way to cut through the confusion is to stop listening to everybody else, but listening to yourself and standing up with, whether it's standing up to yourself or standing up to a guy you're dating um, for, for what you truly, what feels truly right for you. I love that, you know, really going within and asking yourself, what do I feel? You know, what do I, what, you know, getting conscious about it is so important. And I know you talk about that in the book is really understanding. Absolutely. So the self inside and self-awareness. And look, we're not necessarily going to have as much self-awareness at 21 as right. we would at 51, right? right. So that's why right. the book is right. so important. No, it's actually kind of funny, but so many people that are reading my book, and actually men too, which, which is actually quite interesting to me, but um, so many women that are reading it are saying, oh my God, I wish I had, I wish I read this 20 years ago. Right. Or, right. you know, I even wish, I wish I read this when I was just going into college. Um, because life experience teaches us a lot. Right. But that that said, listening to yourself really early on and standing up for yourself is so important. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, you do uh, relate to men in this book, too. And I think it's important for men to understand what women are thinking and and what they need to be thinking so that they can be supportive, especially if they really care about the woman. This is a great book for them to read. Because, oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 And even some interesting, like one of the points I make in the book, and I've had some discussions with, with men who've read the book about this, that men also feel this very intense pressure to 
sleep with women they're dating before they're ready as well. Again, right. I'm not right. look. Every everybody's story is different, but there's so many men that I've talked to who say, "Wow, if I if I don't push for sex with this girl, you know, she's she's going to think something is wrong with me, right. or <laughs> I'll see yeah, right, or I'll seem inferior somehow." And I I say no. In fact, she's probably going to be relieved if you're not, you know, right. trying to push her on the second date. So there are a lot of fallacies and misassumptions by men also. And I think it would be healthy for people to talk about it. How do you feel about that? You know, after you've been on a, a date or so and you feel comfortable, if you're really having a wonderful conversation with someone and, you know, uh, you start to get intimate, it's kind of a important thing to talk about. How do you feel? Right. And I think it's hard. <laughs> it can be hard, but it it's really, important. Really, yeah, it's really difficult to open up those conversations, and it doesn't have to be all at once, but the subtlety. The, right. Just like when you're getting to know somebody, there's, I, I like referring it to, to it as layers of intimacy. It's not like you're going to you know, strip down that entire flower all at once, but you peel off layers. And it makes the conversations interesting. It it leaves a, it, it it lends it lends intimacy because you're getting to know somebody little by little. And conversations about what is comfortable for you in the in the realm of physical intimacy and sex is part of that. Right, right. You know, you're going to laugh at this. I have a friend who's also a baby boomer who is um, a co-author of my one of my books, and he is single now. You know, he was divorced, and then he was in a mm-hmm. relationship, and now he's single again, and he went to this workshop, and I mean, he came back and told me all this stuff, because I'm married happily. I'm, you know, with my husband 30 years, so oh, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. I, I was married once before, but... You know, I, I'm not out in that dating game. And he, and he was telling me all this stuff about all these sexual diseases and all the things you have to talk about as soon as, as, soon as you right. meet someone. And I went, oh, my God, you know, I have been out of it so long that I went, oh, my God. You know, he says, yeah, he says, that's what you have to do. But before you sleep with someone, you have to find out, you know, how many people have they slept. <laughs> what well, diseases yeah, and, they have and everything. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And that, I mean, that raises a really important point in therapy. How many women have come into me with, uh, with an STD? And oh. it could have been, it could have been, uh, usually this is young, young women on the younger side, but yeah. it could have been preventable all, you know, and, and look, it's not popular necessarily to talk about, but I right. do mention in the book you know, basically, ask you know, ask chlamydia is real is is chlamydia is the STD that's rampant now, and I mentioned yeah. that. But I do have you know women like bring that up, like have you been tested? You know, right. I, I I excuse the pun, but what I say in the book is just you know, cover your ass and make right. sure the guy has been tested. Right. It's really you have to protect yourself. Right. So, you know, I I hear this, and actually my own daughter went through this. She was with somebody for seven years, and it never got serious, and she broke up with them. You know, she actually did that, and that wasn't easy, but she wanted something more serious. And all these young women are saying, you know, why aren't I finding guys who are interested in a serious relationship? What What do you think about that? You know, so that's another really interesting question, and it, it, it may, this may or may not apply to your, um, 
too. You said this was your, my daughter, but your she, daughter, right? She went, I thought you said yeah. daughter. Yeah, she yeah. went to work, and now she she went to work in Europe, and now she has a British boyfriend. <laughs> good for her. Good for her. Yeah. So for for a lot of women, and then I'm going to come back to your daughter because yeah. she was with somebody seven years, and that's yeah. a relationship. Yeah. But so for a lot of women, they're choosing not necessarily guys that would be interested in a relationship, but they're the ones that choose that are choosing kind of like the bad boys or men with the ability to sell themselves. Very charming, but they may be manipulative, okay? Right, right. But here I'm referring not necessarily to a seven-year relationship, but a guy that feels, oh, my gosh, I'm infatuated with this guy. Like, he's saying and doing all the right things, right. but then, boom, like, oh, yeah, you know, he's one of the ones where they get ghosted. You know, and women do a lot of the ghosting too. But again, I'm referring to the men now, right, right. Um, where where the, when the women are getting hurt, like four or five months later, or he, they're they're oh gee, I'm not, I don't want to have a relationship. But they're not really choosing a guy that treats them well, that's kind, that maybe isn't as charming right off the bat. Um, so again, I get asked that all the time. Why aren't any men interested in relationships? But right, what's right. so in- what's so interesting is that Pew surveys show that uh, uh, for American adults, seventy six percent of those surveyed say, well, they're either married or they want to be married. So there really are a lot of guys out there that are interested in relationships. Now, in your daughter's case, so seven years, right, and she hung on, and he, I'm guessing, probably misled her to an extent of, you know, we would, well, may I ask, yeah, like, yeah, what, about together. how old she was during those seven years? Yeah, well, now she's, um, so it was until she was, like, 30, yeah. Okay, and he was probably similar in age, similar Yeah, ages. just a couple years older, right. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, if they had those, and these conversations are really important, like, what are we, where is this going? Often, we're, we're hardwired to be optimists, which right. is a really, really positive thing in evolutionary psychology, because we take risks, and we are optimistic, and we feel things are going to work out. Right. Unfortunately, there's some guys that either mislead or manipulate emotional manipulators. I'm not saying that this was um, your daughter's partner, yeah. but or they fear maybe. marriage. You know, if their parents had a bad marriage, they fear marriage and they marriage. don't want to get yeah, yeah, phobic, almost phobic about marriage. Right, right. Um, so again, with may with that, look, she did the right thing. She cut it off at yeah. some point. She was she was young enough where you know, hey, like just I'm not going to stand for this. It's this is. I want to get married, you don't. These are my needs. We're right, on different right. pages. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, she finally, you know, she was mature enough to say that, but it, was, it wasn't an easy situation for her. No. She kept no. waiting for him to change, and, you know, that's when I said, just have a, you know, have a real heart-to-heart talk with him, and then figure out what you want, and if his, you know, his desires are different, then it, you know, it's not fair to either one of you, you know? Right, and I... I don't know if you've gotten there in the book, but I have a huge mm. section on that, on yeah. like communi- on communicating when you've been with somebody a while and you want a commitment and he's not. Right. He's not committing. And I have 
a whole, sometimes it's, that's so challenging to tease out, but I offer a lot of tips into like how you can tell the difference between, okay, a guy with just like normal, not a normal, just a lightweight trepidation, which a lot of guys have, like kind of like a, a little bit of a tense, tenseness, or, but they're still excited about thinking about marriage versus the guy who, is not really letting it on directly, but he's never going to commit. Right. And I think, you know, with such a high divorce rate, a lot of people are afraid to get married again, especially men, I think more than women even. But um, I, I see that a lot, even like, oh, I'll never get married again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. But, yeah, <laughs> or I don't want to yeah. get married after seeing my parents, you know, divorce. I don't want to have any part of that. You know, right. So that, that, but that's that said, there's so many remarriages. So right, it's right. just I think with with two people who connect really well together and are on the same page regarding just values and hopes for the future, it can it can work. Right. How about online dating? A lot of people say, you know, I have friends even that are you know younger than me, but that I that I know them a long time. And they go, you know, I don't have any luck with online dating and. You know, what do you think about online dating and kind of matching up that way? Well, it's 2019. So what a really interesting statistic is 38 million Americans have either used a dating site or a mobile app. um, And that's 15% of the American population. So it's also the second most common way that couples are connecting now. The first common way is through the first, the, the, um, the, the first, highest ranking way is is through friends. So basically, it's a sign of our times. I mean, this is how so many people get together. So like, like it or not, you're there. You know what I mean? You like you want to do it. Um, That said, you definitely have to figure out ways to really set yourself apart and really look deeply for somebody. I mean, a a paper, a two-dimensional person, um, or I should actually say a phone person, it's not not a paper computer, but a two-dimensional person is is so much more objectified than meeting somebody in person. So, you know, one of, I mean, one of the things that I tell people, and this, you know, this goes for men and women, there's such a big difference between saying, I love to read, and mentioning the name of an author that you really do like to read. I had one of my patients found, like, an amazing guy. They've been married now seven years um, just because, yeah, they shared an affinity for a common author. Um, Saying, if you say, oh, I love to travel, mm, not really saying too much about you because, I mean, who doesn't love to travel, right? right? right. But if if you share a place that really had an impact on you. So what I'm trying to say is basically find a way to really reflect who you are in your profile that would attract somebody that you would connect with well. Um, And then then again, uh, I find this with both, well, men tend to be too much with the appearance. That's a whole other thing. But, right. w- but women go for, okay, this attributes, this guy is, is perfect on paper. But I'm going to tell you something, that perfect on paper guy is often like a real jerk. Um, I, I, <laughs> or a liar. I, I, or a liar, exactly. <laughs> or a cheater. I mean, look, look for somebody who, oh, wow, you read something and he made you laugh. Um, or you, you can 
pick up a hint of kindness. Um, so, yeah, so there's a whole, yeah, there's, there's I mean, I'm, I'm putting science in quotes. It's almost like a whole science to Internet dating, but, and, and I cover that in the book, too. Yes. So, and I yeah. want to mention the book again. It is really great. I've been enjoying reading it so much. It's called Don't Sleep With Him Yet, A Badass Guide to Dating in 10 Empowering Steps by Dr. Nancy Lee. So, you know, we were talking about campuses, and I wanted to ask you about that. What drives the new rape culture on college campuses? Excellent question, and one that I was actually hoping you would ask. <laughs> so I'm telling this to, especially to the men listening out there, okay? Just because hookup culture normalizes consensual casual sex, guys, it doesn't mean that it's okay for you to keep pushing for a hookup with, say, your study buddy or your lab partner or a girl you met in the lounge when she clearly doesn't want it. Um, unfortunately, too many men don't get this message. So it's like, okay, yes, hookup culture is acceptable. Casual sex is acceptable. That's fine. But don't push for it with somebody who has basically told you or, you know, said in body language or just in a conversation, she doesn't want it. Stop. Like, you know, just don't, don't push. Um, So, yeah. I, and look, Mari, you being an attorney, so you're all about logic. Um, Another problem is that sometimes Men use their own fallacious logic, so that's convincing themselves that a false notion is true to say, oh, wow, that, that girl is drinking a lot, so she's down for casual sex, and right, oh, right. especially with him, because, well, you know, she's laughing at his jokes, or um, they, they may have shared a laugh in the past. No, don't make those kind of assumptions, and right. that also contributes to rape culture on campus. Um, Just don't assume that. And women also be self-aware. So, you know, drinking itself is a slippery slope. Know your limits. Like, you you don't want to make yourself a target where you really can't consent, which, of course, is not sex any. I mean, it's it's assault, but right, right. but know your li- know your limits to drinking. So know where you can get a nice buzz and where, like, no, it's crossing the line into you really just um, you could you could not be you you could be in a situation that's that's not safe for yourself. Right, right. So how do men really feel about this fast casual sex? Because I know you talk to men too. It's, it's, uh, you know, everybody has a different story and even, even men within the same men, within the same guy, what they feel at one time or one age in their life is sometimes different than what they feel later. So, you know, I, I mean, a good example of this would be, um, I, I was seeing a patient and I mentioned him in my book and he, he was an, an NBA executive. Um, and basically when he got his divorce, he was, you know, very, just kind of excited. He was, he, he loved sex and loved casual sex and would not boast about it, but he was, he actually was getting gratification from 
sleeping with all sorts of women and picking up all sorts of women. And Okay, flash forward, um, he stopped coming into therapy for a while, came in about a year and a half later, and this is what I heard. I wish I could just find somebody to settle down with. I keep dating these women, and then he would say, they want to have sex, and all I want to do is go home and watch basketball on TV. (laughs) (laughs) He had enough of it already. He was looking for something that was real and genuine. Exactly. Right. So even, even the same guy at a different time, depending on what their life trajectory is, can feel differently. So it's, it's a very good question, but it's, it's, it's one that it can be answered so many different ways, depending yeah. on who I'm speaking, which guy I'm having that discussion with. Right, right. Well, would you believe it? We are out of time. So I'm going to name your book again, Don't Sleep With Him Yet, A Badass Guide to Dating in 10 Empowering Steps by Dr. Nancy Lee. And Nancy, why don't you give your Facebook page so people can go there and look at what you've got, and then they can also find out more about your book. Okay, so my Facebook Facebook page, and please follow me on the Facebook page and Instagram especially. So Facebook is Don't Sleep With Him Yet forward slash the book. And my Instagram account, you can follow me on Dr. Nancy Lee. It's D-R-N-A-N-C-Y-L-E-E. And the book is available on Amazon. Um, So yeah, it's it's actually selling it. It, It's gone through its first print run on Amazon. All right. um, It's a lot of fun, but it's also really a lot of great information. So thank you, Nancy. This was wonderful. I want to keep going. I wish we had another hour. (laughs) I know. I know. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Please visit us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website, conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.